0: I'm a black live in person for the first time in a year and a half dynasty podcasts. I am here with pixel grip, a band that I have been digging on for a while in the Chicago scene. We are holed up in a kind of backpacker, hostel type room at the Moxie hotel. And I am here tonight with Rita Lucia, Tyler Omen and Jonathan friend. How are all of you doing tonight?
1: We're great. We're glad to be here. Thank you for
0: inviting us on your show. Yeah, thank you all for coming up. This is like I feel like this is a very loose kind of unorganized situation we're in here. It's a little chaotic and I like it. I like the energy. We love it too. We love the exposed shower. We're ready to get in. <laughs> I was just saying before the mic was on. It really feels like we're like backpacking through Europe in this room and we're at a hostel right now. Yeah, absolutely first time i interview anybody i always start with this question just like how did each of you get started with your craft so how did each of you get started with music and then how did that lead to pixel grip
2: oh my god that's such a good question i'll just start because i'm holding the mic first um the way i got started with my craft was that i played violin in elementary school and i was like by eighth grade i was first chair but then the pressure got to me and I snapped and I quit. And it's always, you know what? I admire violinists so much and we had Maeve come on and do the audio tree. Like, I should have stayed. But that was my intro into music, was violin. And now I sing. So that's my that's my story.
0: You still found your way in.
2: I found my way. Like and I found my way back too. Like there was a really great like circling back to the beginning of my career. So I love
1: violin. I started playing saxophone when I was in middle school and that was my first instrument and I still play it and I love it but in high school that's one my friend gave me a cracked version of Ableton and that was kind of like what got me into producing and I just absolutely loved it so much and that's like where I knew when I was home when I just started playing around with producing and then bought synthesizers and drum machines and Just kept doing that ever since.
0: I I hear that from so many artists on the podcast over the years where it's just like just they get Fruity Loops or they get GarageBand or something like at a certain age. And they're just like, look, this is in front of me and this is what I'm starting with. Yeah, it's just in front of you and you just play with it. You're just
1: like, okay, let's fucking go.
0: I started singing when I was really young at weddings and then my voice dropped like four or five octaves. And Mm -hmm. I I saw a CKY concert in a parking lot of a mall. Holy shit. That's so awesome. Sorry. I fucking like, I'm of the age where that's just like, so mall core. So my space. And I fucking love that. Yeah. It was life changing. And I heard drums mic'd up for the first time on like a big sound system. And I was like, this is what I have to do. I'm going to find a way to make this work. So those CKY records were fun. They are. They're great. They still hold up. The record, the new record, it's called Arena. It's the second Pixel Grip record that just dropped uh, in May a couple weeks ago. How has the response been? It's been amazing, and it's been beautiful
1: to see so many people connect and resonate with it, especially a lot of people from, you know, very mixed and different backgrounds, like a lot of people from, you know, younger queers to indie rock legends, kind of just like reaching out and saying really kind things and it's been so
0: affirming and great
2: yeah people are into it and it's exciting
0: that's awesome I mean I'm not surprised it's a really good record thank you so much yeah the record was if I'm reading the timeline correctly because I was like reading about it online on your sites and I was reading the Chicago Reader article which is really awesome
2: thank you and
0: yeah I mean it's it's a really good fucking feature that
2: was such a huge honor like
0: yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
2: that was really cool.
0: That's one of the questions. Let's skip to that for a second before I get back to the to the record. But like, All
2: right. Divergence.
0: Yeah, I mean, the you guys are on the cover of the Reader a couple of weeks ago, and you do Audio Tree, and those are both on their own pretty big accomplishments, especially in Chicago. Does it feel like the city has your back, or do you still feel like underdogs? Or like, you know, artists always I feel like have like a complicated relationship with their own city. Sometimes it is like that's I feel so like everyone's true. behind me, or sometimes it's like fucking nobody's got us but so true i don't know it to me on the outside like when i saw the reader thing and i saw audio tree i was like right on that's like some recognition
2: yeah thank you so much for saying that like i don't know how fully i can answer your question because i don't have a very objective perspective on us but i will say that audio tree was like a landmark goal and being on the chicago reader like That was such an affirming thing where it's like those felt like huge accomplishments and i do feel like chicago has my back like i i can't fully answer your question like i said but i do feel the positivity and i feel so proud and it's a really high moment in my life like it's just really great
0: do those feel like the kind of thing like i don't know i feel like actors for example like when they finally land a huge movie they're able to send that back to their parents or their grandparents and be like, "Look, I did a thing that you can see." Like, you,
2: you know what? I totally know what you're talking about. It's those weird. You have this. You create this weird goal in your head. With, like, when this happens, then I will be on the level of the people that I admired, and I will say that something that happened was somebody lip-synced as a drag queen to our song. And that was, to- that was a leveling up for me. That felt like, oh my God, somebody lips, a drag queen lip sync to our song. Like a drag queen found our song inspiring enough to perform it in front of a crowd, like that was such a moment for me and probably insignificant to a lot of people, but meant the absolute world to me.
0: But those kind of milestones are really awesome. Cause there are the, like the mom and dad milestones. You know, like, like you get like, some <laughs> I'm gonna press. bring the
2: newspaper home to my mom and dad, right? Yeah. Like, sure. Okay. You, you don't know that you don't know about a lot of things about my career, but I can bring a newspaper home to you.
0: A couple of weeks ago <laughs> or a couple months ago, I got a, a Chicago Tribune feature because I've been doing this podcast 15 years. And that Congrats. was that thing where I was, thank you. But it was, it was that thing where I was like, oh, this is the thing I can send people when I'm pitching them things or whatever. Cause I can list all my other so like, true, yeah. indie DIY accomplishments. Right. But I just throw the Chicago Tribune in there and then people go, oh, so this is real. And I'm like, so you're actually a a valid person. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yeah, totally. You're like, (laughs) okay.
0: Yeah. Some people only see that like milestone and everything else is kind of just like, oh, you're in a pretend band. Yeah.
2: Right. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. And when you get to wield those. Like those little pieces of information like I actually was on the cover of the Chicago Reader and now boomers will validate me. (laughs) Like, guess what, boomers? I have something that you can't refuse. It's me being on paper. And they're like, oh, paper. We love that. I've been on my phone for the past six years. I forgot about paper. I love paper. Boomers do
0: recognize paper.
2: Yeah, they love it. They love newspapers and that's our weapon we weaponize that against people (laughs)
0: um so going back to my question from a minute ago when i was doing the research (laughs) for this the timeline i got and correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like the record was written before the pandemic but then recorded during the pandemic is that right and then how did that work what were the logistics of that
1: yeah so we did most of the songwriting like the fall of 2019 we were cooped up in tyler's rogers park home studio and when we played the mca in february 2020 before everything was shut down that was kind of our our moment to test out a lot of the songs that we had written they were still like kind of unstructured or like loosely structured so we we got to play them and then we were like okay yeah we can like slowly record this album and we're like keep playing shows and then shows were gone clearly so you know despite it being quite unfortunate and serious the silver lining was it gave us a lot of time to focus on recording the rest of arena so that was actually a positive aspect is that we had a lot of undistracted time to devote to finishing and recording the album and
0: I mean, this last year was so, I mean, there's so many things you could say about it, but one of the things that are interesting is that some people obviously took it very hard. And then some people are like, you know what, I'm going to kind of take this time and use it to create something, you know, and I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong because there's no judgment for how, how anybody reacted to it and spent the pandemic. But it's like, it is interesting that I think for a lot of creatives, they were like, oh, wait, I kind of have some extra time to like really think about this more so than maybe if that hadn't happened, then it's just the normal two months of creating it in the studio and it's just rushed or whatever. Totally. And I agree that like
1: any experience and interpretation of the pandemic is totally valid. I just know that for me personally, like I kind of had a long manic spell of just like recording a lot and practiced a lot of DJing and just like, that's all I really had to do. And yeah, it's kind of like the erasure of, that was coping and like there was no social pressures to do anything and it was like well i'm i'm kind of free
0: in a weird way (laughs) no i mean 100 i i get that was something that i was thinking about when i was listening to it though and like and i i saw that timeline i was like was it weird writing songs for the club when there are no clubs
2: that's a really great question and I'm gonna be honest with you like the honest answer to that question is that I feel like I cannot get into that headspace I did my best to imagine an audience but after the pandemic like there is a cutoff and the songs that I wrote after that like dancing on your grave these aren't like dance songs like you can dance to them but they're just really heavy songs and yeah. it's like dancing on your grave was something that I wrote during the pandemic where it wasn't about it. Literally it's not about the club at all. I didn't want to make people dance with this song. I didn't think about anybody else. This song is not meant to be danced to. I didn't design it that way. This song was literally just me writing a diary about how insane I felt during quarantine. And if you can dance to it, to that, that's a coincidence, which is a direct inverse to all the other songs on arena which think about the audience in mind i created this song to dance the song dancing on your grave is the only song on the album that is not meant to be danced to
0: you know what's funny though bringing up that song that is my favorite song on the record oh my like, god i, I like I love the whole you. record but like no like that song just like hit me a different way
2: that's like I see that song like it's starting to creep up and it's starting to like get the most plays out out of all the songs on Arena. And I think about why and I don't know. I think it might just be the pureness of it or the aggression of it, the anger. Just, I don't know why, but that's so affirming to hear you say that because that was added last. The whole album was done. And we, I wrote that song during the pandemic when I was losing my mind and I pitched it to these two and I was like, hey, I wrote a song last night. What do you guys think about it? And they're like, let's do it.
0: I think a lot of times with a lot of records, though, the song that gets tacked on after the thing is quote unquote finished, like that ends up being a lot of times like a really interesting different entry on a piece of work.
2: That's so cool. I don't know about a lot about stuff like that, but you probably do. And that's insane that you've made like draw that conclusion like that's that
0: song just stood out to me though thank
2: you that's so sweet thank you so much that's awesome
0: pixel grip recently did like a live stream of arena at the end of may where do you fall on that are you fans of the live streaming performances i think some artists you know i don't know if any artist loves them but some are like hey we're on board with them some are just like i fucking miss having people in the room i did not like them (laughs) (laughs) it's okay so we didn't
1: do any throughout the pandemic we we didn't hop on the bandwagon and because we just weren't ready we were recording and that's what we wanted to focus on and it was an interesting feeling finally doing live streams once Things started to open and like the availability of bars and spaces to be open started happening. And it's like, okay, now we're doing our live streams. Right. You were like right on the cusp of like, yeah, that kind of opening. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly don't see live stream formats going away. I think that will be kind of a lasting impact of the pandemic. And I think that the tools and technology have also expanded. It's accessible. And I think even though it took us so long i still like
0: i still want to play around with it and keep doing it well live streaming i so i've been doing podcast and broadcast work for a long time and live streaming in like 2012 did not look like it does now like it's so much better like something like audio tree like you're sure like audio tree is so much better fucking quality than a live stream would have been 8 years ago even four years ago so yeah like it is getting better and there's better tools and people know how to do it better so another visual let's talk about demon chaser which is fucking i mean that is just like an absolutely wild video talk about that um you know we'll link it in the show notes but like people if you're listening to this pause this interview go watch demon chaser from pixel grip on youtube because it's fucking wild
2: oh man thank you so much i really appreciate that we we worked our we we worked so hard for that video
0: it was, uh, so that was recorded, or not recorded, but it was filmed at Code Prosperity? Is that Correct. right? I did not recognize that from the video.
2: Oh, good. It <laughs> yeah. really transported you to another world then.
0: Well, like what, so here's the thing. I don't know if this is like, I'm dating myself with this reference probably, but like a lot of pixel grips, like like that visual and the music, I'm like, man, this fucking seems like it would fit in like so well at like Neo. I don't know if you ever got to go to Neo back in the day in Chicago. Okay. So here's the thing, like I, my generation, I missed Medusas and I missed like wax tracks. I just wasn't, you know, okay. that stuff was like in the, in the rear view. In the
2: peripheral. Right. But I was like
0: too, yeah, exactly.
2: Legend, icon, moment.
0: So Neo was like a goth nightclub in Lincoln Park, which I know sounds very weird, but it was just like down the alley on Clark off Fullerton. And did you ever get, okay. So anyway, it was just a fucking cave. It was not what you see now as, like, a club club. You know, like, it was, it felt like a fucking cave. And they just played old, like, KMFDM and Sisters of Mercy and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was dark, and it was not trendy, and it was not fucking, like, only pretty people can get in. It was just a fucking, like, gnarly, nasty fucking, like, like industrial new wave club. I grew up going to that club, and Pixel Grip really brings me back there. And it's interesting you guys, like, I oh, think have yeah. tapped into that without going there, but it's like, I don't know, it feels to me like Pixel Grip tapped into something that's like, obviously it's very current, but it does feel like there's a lot of influence from the past, I don't know, Was that a conscious thing?
2: You know what, first of all, I'm just gonna say how incredibly like affirming your your comment just was right now, but also I will say, no, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's subconscious. I do realize that it's present in the music. I will say, that I think that the conscious, like nostalgic decisions that I'm making in terms of genre and era, and this is going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Bloghouse.
0: Oh, yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. House. Yes.
2: Just like that era, like it's seared into my chromosomes. Yes. And when people are like, you remind me of the eighties, you remind me of the eighties. I'm like, but do I remind you of justice? Like, but what about like all of these things that happened in two thousand and two? I'm like, that's the validation that I want. And the '80s, the '80s thing is such a kind compliment. I love music from the '80s, but I'm like, but the two thousands though, yeah, well, the- two thousand five, two thousand one. Like yes. I'm stuck there, and like that's.
0: I can totally hear that. I mean, you yeah. like Pixel oh Rip God, would have been you. like so. Like in line, on like a dark wave disco. Dark wave disco is an old party that used to happen in Chicago. You know, they had like Justice and Moving Units and all those kind of artists. Like Ugh. you know, like I would Uffy. die. Yeah, and it's Uffy. like Uffie, fucking throwback. And so, that was when so I bad was like, it's good. like in my early twenties. It's 20s. like a guilty
2: pleasure. Like I am obsessed.
0: But Bloghouse was like, it felt like a very pure time in music because everything wasn't coming from a company like Spotify and look like Spotify. I like we Spotify's and I don't want to use the word necessary, but it's a present evil. We all use it's Spotify. It was a
2: vestige. It was a, we were clinging on to what the music industry really was. And it, and then it ended. Yeah. And it's like, After you could that, just like it was the last living thing. Like there were so that's many why blogs. I'm clinging onto yeah. it. Like I'm 25. I've been through three technological revolutions. Like I'm going to have nostalgia for the, Last one. You know what I mean? like For the
0: iPod MySpace era. Oh, my God.
2: The iPod. The fucking iPod. Yeah. The fucking iPod. The iPod Nano that was hot pink. Bro. Yeah. And the pink razor. Like, we could have <laughs> had that technology for, like, 50 years, and I would have been happy. Like, you can't change it up every fucking year, man.
0: No, the, the pink razor ipod nano era that i mean was look
2: everything
0: that's when i started this podcast that's when i was in my early 20s i was working okay, at the so, apple store so i am look you want to romanticize that era i'm right there fucking with you yes that shit was so special <laughs> and it was like again like now the thing oh
2: my god yes i'm so glad you feel the same way about this i feel so strongly about it
0: the thing about going on spotify is that like all the music in the world is there which is like amazing that's great it's great the way right. that they treat artists is not great it's but bad. It's evil. Spotify's amazing to that degree, sure. But an iPod, if you look through someone's Ugh. iPod and it was good, you were like, This fucking person. I want to oh be friends God. with this person. Yes. So you want to hang out. Yeah, because like you saw that it wasn't just that like they went through a playlist on Spotify that had good music and then they latched onto it. They fucking went out, they knew a good blog, they downloaded those songs, they put that on their iPod. That was an act, like there was a willful act of good taste. Yeah, it required so much more effort and like all the playlists you would see or
1: playlists that people made themselves, you could yes. like share playlists that easily, so it was like personal and like, I don't know, just even what their iPod looked like, what kind of iPod they chose. <laughs> I'm kind of romanticizing the the first iPod shuffle that was just a USB stick with buttons. That looks it like a, so pr- a fucking pregnancy horrible. test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it.
0: Um, switching gears, the record Arena, it was released through Field Trip Records, and they are, of course, a staple of Chicago. Um, and again, like I, I feel like another reflection of Chicago really recognizing Pixel Grip's talent. Like, What has it been like working with Field Trip? Well, it
1: was amazing because I feel like they scooped us up under their wing when we were just like, when we played a shitty basement show in Pilsen and I was playing my synth through a busted bass amp. Like, that
0: that's... sounds 100% like where a field trip would find a band, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. That was, I think, honestly, our first show with Tyler at 2040. Dave and Diana were there and it was that was kind of like their beginning of like saying hey and... It's kind of incredible to know from that moment to how much we've grown as a band and how much they've grown as a label and just kind of like, I feel so fortunate for their support and Dave and Diana, if you're listening, I love you so much. Thank you for <laughs> doing so much work for us and putting up with us and our turbulent personalities and strong wills.
0: They are a, you know, they're a staple of Chicago's like underground artist community for sure. You're doing cold waves at Metro this September. Number of like dark wave, industrial, you know, like noise punk kind of artists there. And that is kind of like a lot more legacy. But like thoughts on playing that lineup. So
1: excited. The part I'm the most excited for is that we're playing before our goth boyfriends, Adonis Adonis.
0: (laughs) I'm in love with them. I don't know if they know that, but... I hope they'll know that soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now it's on a podcast. As we're closing out here, one of the things I thought was funny when I was doing my, you know, research for the band uh, and, you know, in front of the interview, pixelgrip.com is an SEO solutions company. Pixelgrip is a consulting firm that specialized in online marketing and web development. Have you heard from them yet?
2: No, but they'll be hearing from my lawyers soon. Okay.
0: There's also
1: Pixel Grip the My Little Pony artist. Oh on my YouTube. god. That's awesome. Early competition was tweets from people talking about the Google phone cases, the Pixel Grip, the Google <laughs> Pixel Grip. <laughs> so it was a it was a funny time on the internet for name competition.
0: Yeah. What is next for pixel grip? Cause it, you know, the records out now, it feels like it's had a really strong launch so far and people are responding to it. Um, do you have anything on the horizon?
2: Absolutely. And what's on the horizon for us is going to your hometown and to the city that you are at and bringing people together and telling them our stories. And we're so excited to say hi to everybody and Thank you for having us on the show.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) this was fun. Uh, The record is called Arena, Pixel Grip, uh, Rita Lucia, Tyler Amon, and Jonathan. Thank you Thank you all so much for being here tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely.